Uh, hi there, my name is Glenn Cooper. I'm founder of Happy Jar, and I absolutely love listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I am your host. It's uh, Paul Kemp, and uh, I love this podcast. It's been uh, a wonderful journey meeting some of the most interesting and inspiring guests from around the world. And uh, it's really relevant to anyone who is interested in the app world. So whether you're an entrepreneur, a startup founder, or or if you're even working and you're looking to get into the game, then this is the podcast that you can get inspirational stories. And so my guest today has a very inspirational story. He's going to give us a lot of advice on uh, how to get market validation for our app ideas and how to get funding. Uh, his name is uh, Donnie Gallagher. He is the uh, founder of, um, if you just go and check out brewmasters.club, uh, brewmasters.club, making very good use of the dot club there, I must admit. So uh, I just wanted to wish you a warm welcome, Donnie, to the App Guy podcast. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Paul. We're happy to be here. Yeah, well, I'd love to start off by just kind of understanding a little bit about yourself, uh, what uh, led you down the path of becoming an, an app owner and uh, throwing that onto Kickstarter and getting it funded and, and giving the world a, just an awesome app. Absolutely. Um, my background, of course, you know, this whole project, uh, which is what it started as, uh, became a, a passion of mine or started out as a passion, passion of mine. Um, I love beer, always have. Um, I, was, I had the unique opportunity to work for one of the larger beer manufacturers really in the world um, at this point. Um, they, I was there for five years, uh, basically taught a glorified uh, wine tasting with beer. Um, I realized that people loved it. Um, everybody that came through not only loved to drink beer, of course, but they loved to learn about things um, that they're drinking and, and the different ways that they can enjoy it. Um, kind of knew it was something that people enjoyed. Uh, that was right before uh, you know the technology uh, age that we're in. So say you know 2004, 2005, and um, found out there was a need to just let people let people experiment, let people play with uh, with the the food they eat, the beer they drink. Um, being a, a person that led beer pairings before, I kind of found that it, people just really loved it. So it's been a project we've had in the works for a long time. But finally, thanks to our, our Kickstarter that, that uh, successfully was funded in September, um, you know, now it's, it's in development. And this is what we want to learn about. But I have to say that it's just such a great episode because uh, I'm thinking back to a previous guest we had on um, who was into mixology. That was well received. You know, people on the show love uh, anything alcohol related. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I love beer as well. I um, I used to brew my own beers uh, in the cellar. I, I remember my... Uh, my uh, bottles like exploding when I put them into plastic bottles and then the <laughs> I didn't do a very good job but uh, it, uh, it was very interesting so let's talk then about your uh, Kickstarter campaign how did you uh, kind of approach it how, maybe you can give us some advice on the preparation that you did that, that ultimately ended up in a successful campaign Sure. Well, uh, research, uh, you know, everything that happens or everything substantial that happens comes from a, a plan and a well thought out plan. So um, this idea, we've, like I said, we've been toying with for a long time, um, but we didn't really have the means, the relationships or the connections to to make it all happen. The odd thing is I'm actually getting married in 14 days and I started the business about 14 days ago, which if you ask my fiance was a terrible decision. 
Um, but the connections that we had um, about three months ago, the connections that I had made just lined up. And uh, a lot of the, you know, I'm sure what I've, what I've done in my research, a lot of the successful entrepreneurs will tell you, you know, you can't control when you're going to bump into a guy that happens to know the marketing director of X brewery or, or whatever. Um, so when these connections come and if you've got a, an idea that you're passionate about, you really have to just engage and, uh, and dive in. Um, that's what led to the Kickstarter. So we cracked the books open, you know, hit Google, uh, read every article. I must have spent hours reading hundreds of articles on how to get up to the Kickstarter, how to prepare leading up to it, um, you know, who to approach, how do I approach it? Is it media? Do you write press releases? You know, the research was the biggest piece of it. Uh, the Kickstarter was honestly something that you start and then it it starts going from there. So um, it was a journey. It was absolutely a journey getting to where we are now. So, so Donnie, are you actually uh, working as you're doing this or is this now your full-time uh, project? Well, like I said, we just started, uh, we were successfully funded in the middle of September. Uh, our business was filed and, and officially started as a company um, the beginning of this month, October. So I'm still working uh, now at, at my company However, this is something that I kind of devote all my non-wedding planning time and non-office <laughs> job time, uh, which is which is you know difficult. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that that's again, I want to just appeal to the Abster tribe listening to this that you know if if you actually don't devote yourself to a project that you're passionate about, one is you need to be passionate about it because it's going to take up all your free time. Uh, but you can do these things uh, whilst working, uh, and you're obviously a testimony to that. Yeah, it's it's my day is, is crazy, Paul. I, I I wish I could show you my calendar. It's like I go to work from this time to this time. I'm here this time to this time. Then I'm here, you know, other places. It's just it's insane. But after two weeks, you know, once this uh, wedding goes by, I'll have a lot more time to devote. So you'll see some bigger changes coming after that. <laughs> but I mean, again, it's I guess it's a, um, I'm, I'm assuming you're having some good beer at the wedding. <laughs> yes, we will, uh, and hopefully to be part of our partners. So, growing that <laughs> yeah. relationship every step. I'm hoping you're not using off. the wedding as a sponsorship for Brew, no, Brewmasters no, no, Club. No. <laughs> well, you know, you've got to, you've got to, you just got to work the partnerships. You've got to make people feel, uh, you know, needed, feel valued, and uh, and you just can't, you can't stop capitalizing on on those opportunities. If it's your wedding, if it's uh, you know a corporate function, you've got to, you've got to always, you know, be out there and always be presenting your best foot forward. To, to especially when what I found, what being a startup, being a small company, um, we can't, we can't just, you know, you can't rest. You can't put it on autopilot. Well, I mean, uh, talking about weddings, I do have a previous uh, episode where the the guy uh, crashed a wedding, and that gave him his idea for the app. And and what I was just <laughs> thinking as I was talking to you is that what a great opportunity to raise funds for a kickstarter if you'd have dragged out the kickstarter you probably could have got a lot more money into the uh, kickstarter from guests of, uh, from the wedding yeah you'd, you'd think so but i already mentioned the fiance one time let's not bring her into this again i don't know how uh <laughs> i don't know how pleased she would have been with that <laughs> she'd be too busy she won't be listening to this donnie that's fine <laughs> right, right. Uh, my, my wife never listens uh, so <laughs> Um, well, congratulations on that as well and all the stuff that's going on and you actually, you know, all this stuff and you still took a, a podcast. So we're obviously all of us very grateful for your time. Uh, now, the uh, so you funded the um, Kickstarter. It's, it's going well. What, t- tell us about the development of the app, what the what you're looking for the app to do and, and actually how you're going about uh, going to build the app. 
So the app, of course, you know, it's, it's under wraps as it is, it's in development. But the, the goal is uh, the app will function off basically a, a, a complicated algorithm that I've tested and tried and kind of built myself. Um, I've got a couple of resources in the you know, circles that I have that, that have helped me kind of steer and direct this, uh, this beast. But the idea is um, that you can, you can, if you've seen the video on the Kickstarter campaign or on my YouTube page, um, it's the intro video I have for the Kickstarter campaign. So it kind of shows a couple screenshots, a couple things that may not translate well to uh, the audio, you know, <laughs> over radio, but um, it's going to function. I'll just, like uh, a, you know, for the listeners, I'll just make sh- sure that we put that on the show notes. So I suggest sure. everyone goes to theappguy.co, just look at uh, for episode 175 with uh, Donnie Gallagher yourself, and, and there'll be links to your Kickstarter videos and all the other stuff we're talking about. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah, th- I mean, the basic premise, I can explain it. it it's kind of like um, if you've ever used the, the Urban Spoon app, so it kind of has a, a three-feature wheel where you would spin or lock a wheel. You know, you select uh, what foods you want, how much you wanted to spend, and then where you are. Um, the, it would then generate a list of results um, that would kind of populate um, possible restaurants, establishments where you could, you know, get Asian food for that isn't super expensive in Tampa or wherever it is that you want to do. Our app is going to take the same kind of um, infrastructure or, or look, I guess. At least this is how it was designed. As I said, it's being developed now. So things are, are we're being flexible with our developer and seeing what works, what doesn't work, how it flows and the best way to present it. But the goal is you'll sit down, Paul, pull out your phone, um, you select, you know, I'm going to have T-bone steak, I'm going to have it medium rare, what style of beer should I try? It's as simple as that. Um, The next tier of that, you can um, open up to a locator, it'll show you where you can find the beer. Um, It it can have sponsored venues, restaurants, locations for those who don't want to maintain their own restaurant or, or other ways, but it'll by all means be a free app. Um, that can help you find, you know, beer and help you uh, pair it with the food that you eat every day. I, I think it's absolutely genius. And I just love, you know, the time we're living in where we we get access to these wonderfully creative ideas. And so you are talking to a bunch of uh, indie app developers and uh, people that build apps. Uh, and we would love to know your process for choosing a developer. I'm guessing that you outsourced it. You you know, talk us through that process because I think we can learn from it in, in this, you know, the things that you're looking for as someone out there trying to get an app built. Sure. Yeah. Speaking to developers as well, um, please give me a ring. <laughs> um, we, uh, we're very happy with who we're working with now, but it was a very trying and tiring process. Um, for the developers out there that are looking for work, that are trying to get involved with startups and helping folks, be reasonable, um, be available, and, and just be honest. Be as transparent as you can because the biggest thing that really bothered me when trying to find this, of course, I'm located in South Florida um, over in the United States, but I wanted to to try and keep it as local as possible. The gentleman that we're working with, the agency, is actually out of North Carolina, which is you know a huge distance away. However, in our circles and in our research, you know, he had good reviews. He was available online, and he picked up the phone when I called. <laughs> so many other, you know, you had to leave a contact us. They came back. They, they wouldn't talk about price. They were hesitant about, um, you know, even discussing the app um, unless I came in in person. I, they were hesitant towards signing an NDA. It's just a lot of like they just weren't being communicable, and that was just a huge, difficult process. Yeah, it's really interesting hearing your side of it as well, because 
it's just a big challenge, the whole quotation system, uh, you know, like, I, I guess, because it, the time is for us, uh, you know, we, there's a lot of demand out there for app building, and uh, it can be quite expensive as well. Uh, and, uh, we, you know, as I guess it's just a juggling act between how much time do we devote to quoting for a job that we don't know we're going to win. And then but, but I guess there's just some really good lessons for us, you know, answering the phone or being very transparent, <laughs> I guess that kind of makes good business sense. <laughs> that's what I found. That's what I thought, too. I was like, OK, I'll just call these guys and, and find all a couple of information. Nope. Like it was just pulling teeth. So the transparency, um, especially if you're in the business of, of providing a service like that to others, the transparency is, was valuable to me. <laughs> so you you're uh, you've appointed a developer and what what sort of information did you have on your app at the time how much work did you put into the prototyping well so my background is non-digital now I, i've built websites I've, I've dabbled with some things and some understanding my prototype literally consisted of some mock drawings from uh you know that i've created with graphics software uh my i had an idea i have an excel sheet that i i started logging years ago of different pairings and how to formulate this equation um but beside that you know i, I, I did not come up with a, a digital or a working prototype it was merely just uh, screenshots and images and a flow and, and some data um, that I pulled together to uh, to try and, and visualize this idea, which talking about developers may have hurt, you know, <laughs> not being able to conceptualize a product as easy as um, as it would be to have a prototype may have hurt me in the long run. So, yeah, I mean, with one of the things we're learning is just how much do we need uh, is preparation for then, you know, that visualization of the app to come out of the founder. Right. And, uh, you know, obviously the more uh, in-depth the uh, wireframe that you put together or even like there's prototyping tools out there as well that, that tend to be used, uh, the, the, obviously the easier it is. But I guess there's a lot of back and forth between you and the developer about features to put in, features that you might have to cut because of costs or just being impossible to, you know, realize within an app. Is that right? That is correct. And that and that goes back to my preparation. I mean, I may have not had a working prototype or, a, a, you know, use services that are out there to provide one. However, I was very detailed and, and I, I like to consider, uh, you know, I spent months and months just developing a one page outline of flow, um, technical feasibility features that I wanted to include from not just immediately, but looking to a, you know, immediate three month, six month. Uh, 12 month, two year and five year status. So I literally had this all planned out to the best of my ability. Now things are, you know, you must remain flexible, you must change. But when I was clocking out at work, I was thinking about this app. And, and that's exactly what I did for, for years and months to get to this point. <laughs> well, again, it probably makes life a lot more exciting as well. I've, I've heard from, you know, many of the Appster tribe listening that, when you actually have a side project, uh, despite working, it gives you that creative outlet that uh, gives you almost then a sense of purpose and almost then perhaps an opportunity to create something that can ultimately be really beneficial. Uh, and I guess you don't have to purely focus on uh, the monetary value, you know, trying to make money out of it from the start because you, you've got a job that's paying you. So you could just do it as almost like right. a side project. Is that Does that kind of make sense? Absolutely. And it may sound cheesy, but honestly, making money was was an afterthought. We, we made the app and we made the, the, you know, the features and how we were going to run it and how it was going to pre be presented. And then I thought, OK, 
now how do I make some money off this thing? So it was literally a last, the last thing I thought about, which I don't advise to everybody, but um, at the end of the day, like you said, I had a job and I, and I have it, um, you know, something that I can rely on. So it was more, more fun, but again, that drives the passion. And like you said, you get your creative outlets. So it all kind of meshes together, but one word of advice and something you just mentioned, at least something that I've found, you can't get frustrated. Uh, Paul, I probably, again, I have a, I have a document that's probably 19 pages long of different ideas and thoughts and, and, you know, businesses that were either halfway started, a quarter started or at this stage. Um, and they just, you know, washed away, but, um, well, you know, you're going a, to be a great guest because we do have a, a segment in this show where we ask you for some ideas for apps. And uh, obviously that you've got a big list uh, there of yeah. ideas. So uh, hopefully we can tease one or two uh, of those ideas off that sheet, that a new sheet and uh, get them onto the show. But before we do that, uh, what I'd like to know is the Kickstarter campaign then uh, gave you lots of feedback. We talked about uh, market validation from the outset. And I was wondering what sort of changes you made because of the feedback you were getting from people pledging uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the money on Kickstarter. Absolutely. We had 21 backers. We raised 101% of our goal. Um, a lot of the feedback was, you know, simply, what is this? <laughs> what What are you? What are you trying to do? Um, the beer guy, it was weird because our, our core market, so the early adopters is what I, I keep calling people. Uh, the early adopters, the guys that love beer and love technology, got it instantly. Um, the the struggles or some of the the models that were proven was how do we illustrate you know our idea to uh, potentially a 22 year old female in, in you know college that has no idea um, about beer or uses their iPhone solely to check Facebook um, communicating that idea was something that we learned very quickly through the Kickstarter campaign as we were talking about it um, and you know growing as a campaign. Also, what, what I would advise to anybody that uses Kickstarter or any kind of crowdfunding, um, you've got to really open yourself up to social media and be as transparent as possible because Kickstarter was great, 21 backers, 101%. However, we've got 600 and we, we gain about 15 followers each day on our Twitter account. Um, and our Twitter has proven to be the the sole source, not sole, but the main supplier of a lot of our feedback, a lot of our um, interaction, a lot of our questions, comments, concerns. Social media has, has helped us really communicate and hone in on what people want and what people understand and what they don't understand. That type of model being proven is is you know, in this, it's 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 you can't even purchase that type of feedback and, and validation from folks. So uh, the whole the whole process was great, and just we just keep proving model after model. Each step we go, we set a bar, and we get there, and we you know continue on. Yeah, obviously, social media is incredibly important, and I keep reiterating how important it is for us to build up our own brands, uh, whether it's right. around our personalities or. Uh, whether it's around a company but you know like for for myself i uh there was a guest uh, episode 145 uh, gina luca talking about uh, pinterest always a good one to listen to she gets about a million visits from pinterest and i was in adopting some of her techniques uh over the last uh three or four weeks and uh, i've seen uh, something like 22 uh 20 increase in uh, my pinterest uh, viewers uh, going up to somewhere like sixteen thousand a day and so Pinterest is a very good one for anyone thinking. And then uh, the way I use Twitter as well as I uh, tend to connect with people uh, via little personal audio messages, which is uh, uh, actually proving to be really good, uh, a way of overcoming the 
you know, the spam that you can kind of get on uh, social media. So just being more human, that would be my, um, you know, like uh, learnings from uh, using Twitter and uh, all the other the social media accounts that we use. Absolutely. Well, you and you mentioned Pinterest and I just wanted to to make a note to your audience. Um, you know, I'm a marketer, I'm a public relations guy um, here. So one of the secrets are not secrets, but if you're not using Pinterest to direct traffic to your website, then you need to be. A lot of guys, you know, developers, if it's uh, marketing firms, online companies don't understand, but every single piece of Pinterest links back to your website. It's the single greatest social media for driving links and clicks back to your site that is out there at the moment. So if you're not using it, like you said, I highly suggest you do. Yeah, I mean, that's the, I mean, we don't want to uh, go on a bit of a rant about social media, but, uh, <laughs> you know, just the linking out is is now really hard for a lot of the different stuff. I mean, Facebook has its problems with, uh, you can't really communicate with an audience. Uh, the, the Pinterest, even though the, the app, you know, you do link out, but it's still the link is within the app uh, it takes you to their own internal browser and you then have to press another button to get it to open up into safari on your iphone or chrome and uh, it, i just think that yeah i guess social media are they're just worried about uh, anyone leaving their their site for <laughs> anything <laughs> but yeah. uh, pinterest is definitely one of the best ones for linking out i've seen yeah absolutely uh so uh, well there's two in the last few few minutes, I guess, so there's, there's two more things we'd like to do on this show. One is uh, ask you for an idea. And you've mentioned that big uh, page, was it 19 pages of uh, <laughs> ideas? So uh, would you mind sharing with us? Uh, it could be any idea. We just love uh, new ideas. Uh, you know, it's, ideas are, are great when shared. Uh, is, is there any you can think about that you'd like to share with us? Um, you know, if, if you don't, don't worry, we've got another way of fleshing out something from you. Yeah, well, now you're putting me on the spot. Let's see, because that list I was telling you about, you know, I've put that under the cupboard for the last six months since we started this. We project. hope so. You're so busy as it is. You know, let's, <laughs> let's do this. If you um, rather than dust down that that sheet, uh, what would be interesting is trying to take your idea and then uh, uh, try try to expand it to potential other areas that you're not focus on, focusing on, but could actually be quite interesting. So, you know, your app is effectively a very easy way of uh, identifying what uh, beer uh, to be drinking with uh, certain foods uh, and making that really easy and, and uh, easy to find. Uh, I'm guessing that, you know, if you take that kind of logic, then that, that can apply to lots of other different stuff. Absolutely. Uh, we've got a, I can give you a, 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 key, a couple pieces of that. We, um, you know, already the app is, is an app. So that is what we're, we're focusing on. And that was the core of the business. Now in the interim, we're taking what we've learned from the app and in the processes that we've used to get to the point of having the app. And now we're applying it to lead events um, here in South Florida, um, at local bars, restaurants for private parties, all sorts of stuff. So that's one thing that we're kind of a tier of the business that's pivoted. So now, not only are we a technology company, but we also feature, you know, a, a huge portion of our business is, is now focusing on leading events. So app company first, events company second. Um, but I never saw that coming when I said, hey, let's make an app. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. Once to answer the second tier or, or how else this can be applied elsewhere, um, my core, my expertise, and my passion is beer. But the models and the um, equation that we've developed and things like that simply work off flavor. Uh, we can pair that up with wine, possibly spirits, 
um, or any other type of, uh, you know, full, full body or, or larger experience than just beer. So this app is much more than just an app for people that want to try beer. It's really uh, got some serious legs on it. Yeah, maybe uh, we need to introduce you to uh, Warren Bobro, the guy who uh, did uh, um, a book called Apocathy Cocktails. And uh, uh, he's a lot, uh, he's into mixology, I guess, and uh, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, you're right. You know, just start thinking about this thing. I mean, we could apply it. <clears throat> Obviously, your formula is to uh, drink, but uh, I'm, I'm guessing that uh, it would be nice to know what dessert to have with, um, you know, a main meal. Uh, and, and lots of different combinations what what ice cream to choose <laughs> yeah. yeah it could it really could be applied you know anywhere once it, you once you have the understanding and just kind of and the, the beauty is too paul the larger and the more um the more we put into this the more we get out of it because as we learn from individuals this will all change so it's an evolving system of how we get here yeah this goes to a bigger point actually which is always interesting to think about which is that we are now in a stage of our lives you know de- development um in in that we want there's so much out there so much noise that we want like trusted people or trusted apps to curate our life for us so i don't want the you know the uh, pain of having to read up or research you know what beer i should drink with uh, my steak when i go down to the local restaurant I, i want you or that app to create curate that for me so that is something I trust and then I just don't have to think too much about it. I can just use the app. And I think that applies to lots of other things. You know, we want things in our life curated for us so that we don't have to just apply too much uh, thought to it. Is, would you say that that's kind of I an observation? 100%, 100% agree. Um, I'll tell you now what I've said for a long time is it's my generation's responsibility to fully understand and utilize technology the best we can. If you can tell me something better that I trust, then guess what? <laughs> you got me hooked. Especially technology now where it knows where we are and what we're doing. Right. And so everything about scary. us. It's a little scary, but you got to take the good with the bad. So we can't leave um, before asking you to name an app, uh, an app that you may use on your phone. I'm, I'm hoping your phone's within reach of you. And uh, perhaps you could just t- tell us um, one of your uh, apps that you use uh, that uh, we may not have come across before. Well, there's two that I really am on pretty heavily, but I guarantee you've heard of both. Um, I, I use, you know, Pandora and me have a very good relationship. I'm usually on uh, some sort of streaming audio service, at, you know, during work, after work, while I'm working, while I'm driving. So Okay, well, let's, cha- let's change the question then. What about this? How do you use Pandora? I mean, so you're using it at work. Do you have certain playlists that help you think uh, whilst at work or, you know? Absolutely. How, perhaps well, you could tell us how you're using it. Sure. Well, attitude's everything, especially in the work environment. So if you're feeling down or if I'm feeling sluggish, you know, I'll put on some heavier music or something a little faster. If I feel uh, pretty rushed or under the deadline, which in public relations and marketing, I often, often am, um, you know, something with a little cooler vibe usually tends to calm me down and, and get me to focus on, uh, on what I'm working on. So absolutely, it changes my mood and my, my attitude that I need at the moment. <laughs> now I um I think outside the US it's uh, a little bit hard to get to Pandora. I'm not sure if it's available. Uh, I I used to use a, a VPN to get to Pandora in the US on the website, um, but now I'm a Spotify guy. Uh, but I just wondered, are you able to uh, u- use other people's playlists or other people's um, kind of genres? 
Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know. It's easy enough. You type in a you type in a band name or, or music, and it and it pops right up with with you know a channel right there. So I've not tried. Um, I'm not much of an explorer on it. I just like what I like and, and just try to zone out when I need to. Okay, so because I haven't used it for years, so it's still the same process where you type in a band and then it curates that uh, playlist for you f- from that band, uh, and that's the way you discover the the music. And I'm guessing that there's ads that come up uh, in a, in a, interrupting the the music now and again. Is that that how it Absolutely. Works. Yep. And and your users uh, or your audience out there might might know something about it that I don't. But yeah, that's that's pretty much how it works now. How I'm using it. Yeah. Well, at least uh, I mean I'm paying ten pounds a month for Spotify, and I would love an alternative. So uh, I mean, please, if anyone's listening, you know, if there is um, <laughs> a way of uh, getting music free, and uh, uh, then please let us know. Um, Absolutely. Now, <laughs> so. Uh, Donnie, it's been a wonderful journey talking through how best can, I mean, I'll, I'll put all the, the notes again on the, the, the links to everything uh, on the show notes, which can be found at theappguy.co and just going to the podcast uh, tab and finding episode uh, 175. What uh, is the best way of reaching out to you personally? Um, so we have uh, the website, of course, you know, brewmasters.club, um, and we can hop on there, send me any uh, contact us, questions they may have. Like I said, uh, connect with us on Twitter. Um, we're huge on Twitter. We really love our Twitter audience. They've been phenomenal in communicating and, and keeping up with us and supporting us through the, the journey so far. Um, that is at Brewmasters Club, one word. So uh, feel free to check us out there. We're also on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash brewmasters club. Um, anyway, on social media, please follow, chat, send us a note, tell us about apps you may like or beer pairings you may have tried. If you don't like beer, if you do like beer, just reach out to us. We love talking to our audience, and that's truly how we got here now and, uh, and how we're going to continue to grow wonderful and there's a, one last thing which is a slightly off topic but there was a beer that I, I used to love um, and it was uh, proven to uh, not give you a hangover in the morning have you come across any beers that uh, state that you you will no matter how much of this you will drink you will not get a hangover well besides the low alcohol ones um, <laughs> yeah well yeah, yeah. I mean, oh they I taste awful yeah, Paul, I literally came across it today. It was a beer infused with salt water, and they say that it does not give you a hangover. But I, um, I'll i share that on my Facebook page. If you're clicking through, take a look. I, I'll have to find the article because I just literally saw it this morning. There you uh, go. Two, we minds, two minds think alike. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's just um, this Peruvian beer, which now I'm forgetting the name, but uh, I, I did try it one night. Drink ten. I, I drank 10 bottles of this thing, and uh, I woke up in the morning, you know, really fresh, not really feeling any effects of a hangover, but it... Uh, it had this impact on uh, your taste buds, uh, you know, for about 24 hours afterwards, I couldn't taste anything. <laughs> so I guess there's always a, um, you know, like a, a pros and cons of all these different beers. But I love experimenting. And, uh, and maybe with that link here, we could uh, find out one or two of your favorite beers as well. For sure. And, you know, without experimenting, uh, Paul, you're never going to get out of your comfort zone. And without getting out of comfort zone, then you're just stuck in the same old, you know, same old. So that's, again, the, our focus. You've got to just get out of your comfort zone and, and try some things. Yes. Well, there's a, a great way to leave it then. So thanks for joining us on the App Guy podcast. All the best with your, uh, your app and Brewmasters Club. Absolutely, Paul. Thank you so much. Uh, please keep in touch. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. 
everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you. And you can change it. You can influence it. You can build your own things that other people can use. The App Guy Podcast 